Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue Podcast. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor of Doxa Church. This is a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. We're so glad to have you join us here in our new season. And today we're talking about a topic that is very real to us in 2020. Maybe you need a job. You can't find the right one. Maybe you've been hunting for a home. It falls through every single time. For some of us, it's no football season. Events at school are, are canceled. Uh, for many of us, it's even more serious, more more real things. There's disappointments in the home or things that aren't happening in a family that you want to have happen. You want something good. It just never seems to work out. How you can navigate through the many disappointments that life inevitably brings will say a lot about how much joy, how much peace you have, and how much of a difference you will make for the kingdom. I think we have all felt the well-meaning comments, you know, when we are discouraged that fall short of comfort. Things like, God's got this, or I will keep you in my prayers, and then you never pray for that person. But how can we do more and be a better source of edification for our friends who are dealing with disappointment? How can we get through disappointment ourselves? This podcast, we will delve into how we can turn these difficult thoughts, feelings, and conversations into something that brings us closer to Jesus. And I have some familiar voices around the table with me today. We have Amanda and Brian. Hey, listeners, how are you? Hey, guys, good to be back. Hello, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this has always been like a roundtable discussion, and we're going to try our best to include you in this conversation this season. But uh, Brian and Amanda, it's been a little while since we've had a regular episode. Anything, anything new? Uh, what's what's going on in, in life right now? Um, so my, my husband is uh, in third year in medical school, and so he started his rotations. So that's kind yes. of been happening this year. So it's been neat. He gets to start going and doing a couple different, couple different places, getting a feel for, you know, what he might like to do. And so, uh, yeah, that's been fun. Just kind of hopefully he'll make a decision and we can figure out what he wants to do. So yeah. <laughs> decisions, know. decisions. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of decisions, uh, just lots of, lots of new stuff going on as well. Um, big decision right now is me and Rachel need to figure out what we're going to do for our honeymoon because oh, our, yeah. our cruise got canceled. So yeah. we're deciding, we don't know whether we're going to like, kind of save the money we got from the refund or <laughs> if we're just gonna uh maybe spend a couple days in Gatlinburg um there you go. but we know for sure that we are we are gonna do Harry Potter World oh yes which is gonna be a lot of fun yes that sounds so good that's so exciting Brian well Amanda would you like to begin today yeah absolutely wanted to kind of approach this from their perspective on how we as Christians should encourage our brothers and sisters as they face the disappointments in life. Mm. Um, All too often, like you said, David, um, we hear a lot of comments from people when we are in those times of discouragement, um, and the comments are supposed to be encouraging, but they don't always come across that way. You know, similar to the ones you had mentioned, um, a lot of them are like, God's timing is perfect. God's got a plan. 
Um, God won't give you more than you can handle, which oh, right. is mm. such a cliche one and even really <laughs> biblically accurate. But, you know. Right. Um, I think my favorite, though, was um, when you're drowning in life, remember that your lifeguard walks on water. That's got to be, that's gotta <laughs> that's be cool. the best one, right? You know? Just really make it cheesy. <laughs> exactly. You know, and while some of those are true, mm-hmm. I believe that using these types of statements as our first response can kind of downplay the recipient's recipients' feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. While it is best not to dwell on our own feelings because we often let them have too much control over our thoughts and our actions, they really are a valid part of processing our disappointments. Yeah, that's that's very true. You can't like suppress that. Yeah, abs- and, and I've and done that, it. and absolutely not. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't work out well. Even knowing that God's will is the absolute best place to be in, we can become discouraged when what we want for our lives doesn't seem to line up with God's plan. You know, for the couple struggling to conceive, the phrase, just trust in God's timing, it will happen when it's supposed to, can cause them to feel doubt, like maybe they really don't believe like they should or it wouldn't be so hard. Mm. For the person who just lost their job, the phrase, God's got something better, can make them feel like it's not okay to really enjoy that job. Mm. You know, and for the person who just lost a loved one, the phrase God gained another angel is not only biblically untrue, but it can also make them feel like it's just not okay to process and express their grief. Yeah. So by no means am I discouraging encouragement or saying that these statements are not true, but I'm just trying to remind us that as God's children, he allows us to process our emotions during our times of discouragement. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. This verse shows us that God draws near to us when we are hurting. He sits with us in our pain, and he catches our tears. He may send us a scripture to encourage us, but sometimes just his presence is enough. Mm. And when we are walking alongside those that are hurting, we have to be careful not to forget about this loving response to our pain that God exemplifies for us. Yeah, that's very true, Amanda. God is going to walk through this with us. We're going to spend, Mm -hmm. we're definitely going to talk a lot more about that. But it is so important to realize that he also, I mean, he uses his word. He uses, Mm -hmm. you know, his whole Holy Spirit to, to give us a sense of peace, but he also uses us too. And what you're talking about here is really highlighting the fact that what we say and do has a big impact. It can, it can either Mm -hmm. really hurt or it can really just comfort people. So that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big thing, you know, God doesn't immediately try to force us into feeling a false sense of cheerfulness, you know, or he doesn't discard the hurt that we feel in order to speed the healing. Um, Sometimes the pain is actually what will draw us closer to him. Some of you guys may know, I've kind of talked about it before, um, that my husband and I have actually been trying to grow our family for about three and a half years now. We have a daughter who's eight and a son who's six, and I am truly blessed. The cutest kids. Some good kids, I do. I think we'll keep them. We gave them a good test run, but we're going to hang on to them. But, you know, over the years of trying to conceive, um, I've heard a lot of well-intentioned comments that, you know, were supposed to be well-meaning, but it really, when I would be vulnerable to someone about the trial we were in, and some of the responses would be things like, you know, I heard, well, at least you already have two children. Or if it doesn't happen, then it's just not God's plan. Sometimes they'd be like, oh, only three years? We tried way longer than that. And, you know, while I believe that no one said these things to be unkind, it just kind of made me feel like that what I felt during the struggle wasn't valid. Mm 
Mm. It made me feel like that I couldn't share my disappointments with others without immediately feeling like I wasn't a stronger believer for being upset that what I wanted for our lives wasn't what God had planned. Mm. But a few people really did encourage me over this time, and I've done a lot of Bible studies where I really did feel God speaking to me, and perhaps the most important thing that I've learned from this, and it, honestly any other trial in my life, is found in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Amen. The most encouraging thing anyone has ever done for me was to remind me that the trial is real and it is hard and it's okay to wrestle with it, but in it, we will find God more real and present than ever. And that the trial, no matter how discouraging or disappointing, will never fully break us. No matter how alone or abandoned or confused we may feel for a time, nothing, not life, nor death, nor things present, nor things to come, will ever separate us from the love of God and from his pure and perfect plan for our lives. And I really believe that that's the ultimate encouragement for dealing with this appointment. That is so helpful to hear because it just to sum that up, what we say can be very discouraging when Mm -hmm. we just brush over it or say something cliche. But you had people who listened to you. Mm -hmm. They didn't make you feel like you were in the wrong or you were a weak Christian by just the struggle with it. The mm-hmm. struggle was real. What are any specific ways that people, you know, helped you out in that? I mean, cause that's, that's something that we w- would all strive to do. We all want to be there. Uh, I don't know if there's any other specific examples of, of just what some of those encouraging people did and how they did that. I know that the biggest thing for me was, like I said, to just listen and to just allow me to express that pain and not try to push past it or give, like I said, kind of like that cliche, like it'll, you know, it'll be fine. Whatever works out, whatever's meant to happen will happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But to really just listen and to just let me express that pain. And then also to to point me back to scripture, because I think that's important. We're not supposed to just let somebody sit in their hurt and disappointment, but to let them kind of process that to just tell them you're walking with them through that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's important, you know, that people just let me know that they were here. So for me, I have really noticed lately that, you know, this is really something I've picked up with my wife and I, different people work through disappointment different ways. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So what I'm about to say, some people will not resonate with at all. Some people will almost be like, who are you? How dare you? <laughs> like, what? Like, almost be offended by this. And then, but I do want to say this because there are, I know there are people like me as well. There's some more threes out there. Mm-hmm. And there's some of us who can work through disappointment almost. I guess the easiest way to say it is like faster and I don't want to, I never want to like try to say this in a way like I've gotten it figured out. Like Mm -hmm. I'm saying this in a sense of like, I've learned this about myself and I also know it's not the way the majority of people are. You know, Julie, Julie has to process things similar to you, Amanda. Like Mm -hmm. she needs someone to sit there and listen and pray about it. Uh, 
I want to just give the immediate answer. I want to like go to, well, hey, what is true? Like, all right, let's logically think through this. Let's fix this. Yeah, yeah. fix it 100%. <laughs> that's my personality. And it makes it worse for people. So I've learned the hard way over nine years of marriage. Like that's not a good way to deal with disappointment mm-hmm. with someone who who has to really process it and work Mm -hmm. and it just needs more time. So for me, you know, and I know there's others like me, it's like, Hey, I want to move forward. I want, I don't want to be a victim. I don't want this to hold me back. So I'm going to say, well, this is true and this is true and this is true. And that was unfortunate, but like, I already have other things to do and I'm, I'm moving forward. And I know that's not always great either, because if you suppress things and you Mm -hmm. don't actually handle them, eventually they'll rear their ugly head. But like this list is a little bit more along those logical lines of, hey, here's some truth for you to do A, B, C, and D, and you can work through this faster. And I don't want to like dehumanize this, but at the same time, I hope these things are helpful. Like I've, I've learned some of these. I don't always practice them perfectly. That's for sure. But I think all of these things will help us as we work through and process them. So four ways you can work through disappointment. Number one, remember your savior went through the same feelings that you have so that you wouldn't have to feel this way forever. This is a great truth that we see in Hebrews 4, verses 15 and 16, talking about Jesus. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Mm -hmm. Let us then with confidence, so because Jesus knows the pain that you're feeling, Mm -hmm. like, you know, not the exact same thing, but he has experienced all the same emotions that you have. And that's in and of itself is amazing. Absolutely. That our God, who is perfect and righteous and just, limited himself to become a human became fully man, experienced all the things that we experience here in this sin-cursed world. So he can relate with us. You know, we can't speak into everyone else's pain because we haven't experienced the same thing, but Jesus has. So then let us with confidence, because of that truth, Mm -hmm. draw near to the throne of grace. And the throne of grace, what a beautiful way to talk about prayer. Like I am going before the king who will give me something that I don't deserve. And then the rest of that verse, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So that verse really, you, you got to go to that verse. It, it, when you're dealing with disappointment, if you that is just bedrock. Mm-hmm. Like go to your Savior. Your Savior experienced the same feelings that you're experiencing so you can get freedom from that. So you can have victory over that because he took your sin. He died for it and he creates a new way. So you won't have to feel this way forever. There is going to be healing. He will one day wipe away every tear from your eyes. Number two, realize what this trial, what this disappointment, realize what it reveals about you. So the object of our disappointment tells us what we love. You know, Amanda, you mentioned a really serious one that that reveals something great about what you, it's a good desire. Um, Sometimes when we're disappointed, it reveals, oh, maybe I've elevated fun in, Mm -hmm. in entertainment or an experience a little too high because I'm really upset about this, but I'm not necessarily upset about this other thing that actually has more eternal value. So just realize what it says about you 
making memories, having experiences are so, so important. And sometimes those are the things that we just brush aside and we're like, all right, well, I'll get that later. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there's always, (laughs) there's always tomorrow. The magnitude of that disappointment can sometimes reveal inordinate desires, disordered love, or it can even mask something that we're trying to hide from ourselves. Yeah, and just like you were saying, even a good thing can become an idol when you place it above God. Yeah. And I definitely noticed that in our walk. And when anytime you become obsessed with something and put it before God, then that's when God will show you that he's more important. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, you know, thanks be to God that in Christ we are offered both forgiveness for our our love that that gets that gets out of out of place sometimes and unbalanced and praise God for the help of the Holy Spirit that will speak into that and convict us and reorder those things like we see in 1 John 1, 9. By his grace and through his reorientation of our hearts, we, just like the Apostle Paul, can learn that the secret to being content in all circumstances is to have this walk with Jesus Christ, to focus on the gospel. We see that in Philippians 4. Number three, though, is refresh your perspective by loving your neighbor. And I think this is one of the best ways that we can actually get through the disappointing times is just by doing what the Bible commands us to do, and it's loving and serving and reaching out to others. Mm, Second Corinthians, yeah, it, it, it works every time. It's It's just magic that... God has set it up that way. We it's get like it. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it gets our eyes off of our trouble. Yeah. Not only do you see, okay, well, hey, everybody else is struggling too. But like mm-hmm. when you do something to lift somebody else up, it just eases the pain. Second uh, Corinthians 1, 3 through 11. This is a longer passage, but I wanted to read this because... You know, similar to what you already read, a passage in Corinthians there, mm-hmm. Amanda. But like this is another one goes along these same lines. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So there you go. I mean, we know it almost has turned into a cliche thing, but when you experience something, you can help some other people who are going to go through the same thing. That's right there in 2 Corinthians 1. Verse 5 says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, with which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. There's unity in the body of Christ. And this is another reason why you have to have community at church. Mm-hmm. Like You need people to walk through the painful situations of life with. This is one of my favorite verses from Paul, verse 8, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, Mm -hmm. but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted to us through the prayers of many. So 
there it is. Like mm-hmm. these trials that you're going through, the disappointments that we all have to face, they, if you respond the right way, make them make yourself not just rely on you. Yep. I'm not just going to rely on my strength anymore, but it's, it's forcing you to rely on God. And that's where you're really going to start doing things that matures us and it grows us. That's like, and that's where the phrase, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle is not accurate at all because he yeah. absolutely will so that he can work the impossible. You know, absolutely. I mean, he, he'll give you more than you can handle. So you have to rely on him for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he always, we, life is too much for us to yeah, handle absolutely. on our own. The only way we can do it really is through his, mm-hmm. his strength. Number four, restore your joy by looking ahead to your bright future. I already touched on this, but this, when we go through hardship in life, we should always look ahead to the marriage supper of the lamb, to mm-hmm. the new earth, the new heaven and the new earth. That hope provides an anchor for the soul in uncertain times. That's what Hebrews 6 verse 19 talks about. We know that the hope that we have in Jesus Christ will not disappoint us. Romans 5, 5 says it will not put us to shame. There's nothing shameful, even the tough things, that we, the mistakes we've made mm-hmm. that, that create disappointments in our own life. You look ahead. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. As we draw near to our faithful Savior in disappointment, he does wipe away our tears. He cures us of the blindness of our sin. He helps us see the hurts and the needs of others. And he lifts our gaze to see how he's at work in all these different situations to bring about redemption. Because the worst things that we've ever done, God will always bring full circle. Mm. You know, we started in a garden, we fell, and one day he will bring it all full circle and, and redeem it all. Mm-hmm. And we will live again in a beautiful garden. So last one, and this is just a quickie, but realize it's not as personal as you think. Mm-hmm. People are people. You know, they will disappoint. You could just as easily be in the same place. We, we talked about this with James 2 just this last Sunday. Show mercy over judgment. Yeah. We've experienced it. We've we've done things that have hurt people as well. And a lot of times people, when they hurt you, they don't have the motive to hurt you. Right. Like, and, mm-hmm. and they they didn't mean to do that. Like, a, they don't desire to do that. So just hold that in the back of your mind. It's it's never really as personal as you think. And I mean, if there, if there is an ugly personal situation, which do happen from time to time, yeah. they're probably going to be guilty over it eventually too. So... I think when you don't personalize it as much, it does help too. And that's a little different. I know there's a lot of things we could talk about. And I think too, in that aspect, when we, if we're in that personal situation and we've been hurt by somebody, you know, turning it back on us, like imagine how much we hurt God when we sin. You know, I mean, if Mm -hmm. Jesus can forgive us from sin, which is so, I mean, is more hurtful to him than anything could ever be to us. You know, why can't, you know, I forgive someone when they've hurt me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, and that's where we go to the throne of grace because a lot of times mm-hmm. we have to pray. Sometimes we have to work it out. We have yep. to talk. Yep. We need other people to come alongside, put their armor on your shoulder and encourage you in that. But hopefully those are helpful. So David, I loved what you said about God using disappointment to reveal to us kind of the true nature of our heart. Um, I personally like to dive a little bit more into that statement. And mm-hmm. so right here, I'm I'm actually going to go out on a limb and 
I've got a statement that you know might seem a little shocking, and you might not agree with it at first. Um, so, I think that for a lot of us, 2020 was probably the best thing that could have happened to us. Oh, yeah. oh yes. It's like, whoa, Brian, what the heck are you talking about, man? Now they're listening. Yeah. We, should, we, should, we should have led with that. <laughs> this ears perked up. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, 2020 was the worst thing that could have happened. It was awful. And oh. hey, look, I agree with you. It was awful. It was terrible. <laughs> um, and, you know, you want to talk about disappointment and things disappointing you. Well, hey, like, I'm with you. But I was reading a devotional on just specifically disappointment. And there's this awesome quote. This this uh, devotional book is called Disappointments Are God's Appointments. And it says that disappointment can reveal your true heart because expectation is the root of all heartache. Mm. Yeah. So this year was the year that a lot of us just completely lost all control over everything going on in our lives. I mean, I know people where their weddings were canceled, mm-hmm. you know, jobs were lost, uh, civil unrest was and still is at an all-time high and mm-hmm. depression, despair, political unrest, you know, all those things are standing at the forefront um, and it's so apparent just uh, by people uh, by people's posts on social media. And gosh, I know a lot of people that are that are actually going to take a break from social media because it's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just know that a lot of people, myself included, we had high expectations for this year. I mean, this was supposed to be the best year ever. Our agendas were full. A lot of us had travel plans, you know, promotions at work that we were going after, big concerts to go to. I mean, churches even had plans to really grow this year and do work for the kingdom. And instead, just over the course of a month, all of that seemed to be taken away, like right under our noses. So how could anyone say that 2020 is good. I mean, that sounds insane. (laughs) But personally, I think that 2020 was, in a sense, a perfect year because it gave us the opportunity to examine our hearts when our expectations were not met. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us found what truly makes our heart ache. I mean, for me, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about myself this year. I learned that I cling to control over my life and my plan a lot more firmly than I had originally thought that I did. I learned that, oh, wow, I was, I was really putting a lot more stock into my own plan than I was for God's plan. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm just reminded of the Hebrews in Exodus who were enslaved for all those generations in Egypt. They had no control over their lives, and they experienced yeah. true emotional, physical, spiritual suffering at the hands of the world that they lived in. But many of them still cling to the hope that their God, their Savior, would deliver them. Mm-hmm. And so the questions I would ask the listener as you know, they reflect on what disappointed them about this year is, you know, what did you learn about yourself? Hmm. Did God show you what truly makes your heartache when all of your expectations aren't met? I mean, do you think that you can still find joy and peace knowing that God's plan is way better than your own? And like, where are you really at 
with your mm-hmm. walk with God? What has this year shown you about where your walk with God truly is? And if you can answer and make peace with those questions, then seriously, 2020 might have been the best thing that could have ever happened to you spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't let your heart ache for the canceled plans. Let your heart ache for the cross. is great stuff and it's so true i've as the pastor of this church you know i think i speak for pretty much anyone who's in spiritual leadership we have all seen either people wake up and get more serious about their faith and their walk with jesus and they're more attuned to spiritual things or people have gotten consumed with the fear with the worries with the Mm. disappointments And they've slowly kind of pulled back and drifted back a little bit. And wherever you're at on that spectrum, maybe you're maybe you're pressing more into Jesus right now. Maybe you're just like closer with the community in your church than you ever have been. That's amazing. Keep going that direction. That's clearly the way you need to go. If you feel yourself like walking away, you're a little disenfranchised right now. You're not as connected relationally as you as you want to be or you used to be. Don't let anything hold you back from having that walk with Jesus Christ. And you're never going to thrive in that relationship with your Savior if you're not actively involved in a local church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this this is a podcast that's made for the for the members of Doxa Church, but we know that we have a broader audience. We have listeners all across the country. And we would encourage you, like, don't let anything that you're dealing with as far as like a trial that's disappointing you, don't let that pull you away from getting closer to God Mm -hmm. and closer to his people. Don't pull back. Instead, press in to church. When you don't feel like going to church, that's the time when you need to go Mm -hmm. more than ever. Mm -hmm. If I could just leave with you that, I think that's super, super important. It's, It's a takeaway that we all need to have. We love to hear from you, though, and we really enjoy it when y'all give us feedback. You can rate this podcast. You can give it a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps out our podcast a lot. You can obviously share this, share it with someone who you know that is going through something that's been disappointing. Hopefully, this has been a blessing to you. We also would love to just specifically hear back from you. If there's a way that you would like to share with us, you can do it on our Instagram page, doxa underscore dialogue. We'll post this question. Uh, You can also just post a a review or post a comment on our website, which is doxaupstate.church. This is where we also will host all of our, our podcasts. They're always there to listen and download. But what have your trials in 2020 revealed about what you value? What is it revealed about where your priorities are at? If you could share that, that would be, I think, just helpful to mm-hmm. for all of us to kind of see where we're we're coming from. Because I'm sure you're not alone in that. And it does identify what what we are loving and what we are are living for. Mm-hmm. And we know that the church, the podcast is all about, this podcast is all about living life on mission for the glory of God. Thanks for listening. We look forward to doing this again very soon. You are loved.